Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend the steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellows and girls... Don't ever get the idea there's nothing you can do to help win this war. Just because you can't join the Army doesn't mean that you can't be part of this big fight to preserve the American way of life. No, sir, not at all. There is one big important thing you can do, and I'm going to tell you about that right now. You see, aside from the fact that we can't all be soldiers, sailors, or Marines because we're too young or too old or something, it's necessary for a good many of us to stay right here where we are. As a matter of fact... Uncle Sam tells us that for every man in the armed forces, there must be 11 people back home to keep them well supplied and see that everything runs smoothly. It's sort of like, well, like a civilian army that cooperates with the armed forces to help win this war. And that's where you come in, you and I. For we're all members of the civilian army, and the best way we can help our boys at the front is to buy war-saving stamps and bonds, and buy them regularly. How does that help? Well, let me tell you, it helps our government to finance this war. It helps to buy guns and tanks and planes and all the other things the Army, Navy, and Marines need to knock out the Japs and the Nazis. Now, there's one other way we can all cooperate in America's war effort, and that, as I've mentioned before, is to put back into circulation the pennies and nickels we've been saving in piggy banks and tin cans and glass jars. That'll prevent the necessity for making more pennies and nickels and will save the metals used in their manufacture for vital war materials, such as guns and tanks and planes needed by our armed forces to win this war. So, if you haven't already done so, get permission tonight from Mother and Dad to empty your coin banks, and then take these coins and turn them in for war-saving stamps and bonds. And in that way, you'll be doing your country a double service. A stamp a day will pave the way to victory. And now, the adventures of Superman. Weird and baffling is the adventure in which our friends now find themselves. As you remember, the submarine in which they were searching for the lost continent of Atlantis was rammed and sunk by a tanker in the mid-Atlantic. Later, they were plucked from the icy waters and brought safely aboard the tanker by Superman. It was then that their adventure really began. For they discovered that, although the ship was running at slow speed, there was not a soul aboard her. The ship was completely deserted. Entering the dining saloon, they found dinner set for twelve, with soup still steaming in the plate. When later, after searching the ship, they returned to the dining saloon, they found the captain of the vessel sitting at the head of the table. The captain was dead. Shortly after this, as they were discussing this weird circumstance, Another very strange thing happened. Listen. Well, one thing is certain, there's not a soul aboard this ship. Except for that dead captain sitting in that chair at the head of the table. Yeah. Uh, I've been wondering, do you think he might have been killed uh, whilst we were aboard the ship? What do you mean, Nicodemus? Well, you remember when this here tanker rammed and sank us, 
she sounded three warning blasts on her whistle. Yes. Well, now, somebody must have pulled the cord to sound off that blast. Unless the ship is haunted. Oh, nonsense, Jim. There are no such things as ghosts. The very idea of ghosts haunting a ship or anything else is ridiculous. Listen, Claude. What's that? Well, that's the foghorn on this ship. Somebody's blowing the foghorn. But there's, there's nobody aboard the ship. Well, there must be. Someone is certainly sounding that foghorn. Come on. Where to, Kent? To the pilot house. That's where the foghorn is located. Whoever's sounding it must be there. Nicodemus. Yes? You stay here with the captain. I'm taking no chances on his body disappearing or anything else strange happening in this dining saloon. Now, just a minute, Kent, just a minute. I ain't taking orders from you. You'll no take part. orders from me or I'll pitch you over the side. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. Come on. You too, Jim. You bet I'm coming. Why, Clark? I'm amazed at you. All right. Along the deck here. Pilot house is just up ahead. What? What did you mean, Lois? The way you spoke to Nicodemus. You acted like... Well, like someone who's used to giving commands and being obeyed. It, does, it doesn't check with the things I know about you. Yeah, Miss Lane is right. Oh, well, I, uh, I occasionally I forget myself. Yes, I suppose that's it. And here are the steps of the pilot house. Great Scott, that, that foghorn sure was loud. Oh, of course, just above us. Golly, let's get up there. There must be somebody blowing that foghorn. I'm sure of it. Come on. Careful, Jim. Easy, Lord. All right. All right, here's the door to the cabin. Well, I'll open it and go in. All right, all right. <laughs> what? Holy hey. mackerel. What in the name of heaven is that? Stand back, all of you. Fuck. Is it human? Well, I, I don't really know. I, it looks like a man. An old man, dressed entirely in seaweed. That's it. He's covered all over with seaweed. But his face, his face is dead, tasty white. Ooh. All right, now, friend, just let go of that foghorn handle. <laughs> let go of that. Yeah, I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, let me take a hand on this, Ken. All right, you. Now get your hands off that handle. Yeah, help me, Bob. Okay. You just have to force him away from that. Look out! Look out! He's got long nails. Golly, nice work, Mr. White. That's the old hunter. Well, punch, Chief. He's out cold. Mr. White, Clark, what in the world is the meaning of this, this strange thing? It's a man, Lois. A very old man. Dressed in seaweed from head to foot. He's evidently crazy. Undoubtedly. It looks like something horrible. It's just crawled out of the sea. But I thought there wasn't another soul on this ship beside ourselves. Well, obviously we were wrong. Finding this strange old creature sounding the foghorn doesn't simplify the mystery. Who is he? What's he doing here? It's me and me. Oh, he's so... so awful looking. He's beginning to move. He's coming, too. Oh, Kent, uh, what do you think we ought to do with him? Well, he's dangerous. We'd... We'd better tie him up. Yeah? Well, with what? I think our handkerchiefs will do. Jimmy, uh, let me have yours, will you? All right. Uh, Mr. White? Uh, here you are. I Thanks. have one, Clark. All right, Lois, thanks. That's good. Now, yeah. let's see here. There. Now, Chief, you take these two. And there's nothing together good, will you? Yeah, I don't. Tie his ankles. Right. I'll tie his wrists with these. All right. Look. Oh, he's opened his eyes. Lois, what? His eyes are so malevolent, so full of hate, viciousness. Oh. He's not laughing anymore. Just lying there, glaring at it. Yeah, that'll hold his hands. 
How about it, Chief? Well, his ankles are tied securely. Good. He'll never get out of that woodman's knot. Uh, I'll say he won't. Well, what do we do with him now? Let's leave him here for the time being. I just had an idea. Yes, Clark? It just occurred to me if there's an answer to this mystery anywhere, it ought to be in the captain's log. The log? Of course, Kent. I never thought of that. The captain's cabin is right through that door there. Suppose we go in and have a look for the log. Yeah, oh, come on. No sooner said than done. Now, uh, where would the log be? Well, in his desk, I should say. Let's have a look. Well, nothing here on top. I'll try this drawer here. Okay, Jim. Well, don't see anything that looks like a log. Wait a minute. Look, I think this is it here. Let's have a look. There. Isn't that it? Let's see. Today is December... Now, here we are. The last entry. Now, what time is it? Let's see. Uh, according to my wristwatch, it's exactly ten minutes past eight. Well, this entry is dated today, and the time noted is 6.15. That's less than two hours ago. Golly. Well, what's it say, Mr. Kent? Well, here, I'll read it to you. Aboard the Albatross, bound east for Liverpool. I'm about to join my officers in the dining saloon for our evening meal. But before I do so, I deem it wise to put down in writing the things that have happened to us aboard this ship this day. To recount my fears so that those who find us will know what horrible thing it was that finally did us in. Golly, apparently he knew something was going to happen. He was afraid. How amazing to think that he wrote that less than two hours ago. Yeah. We've been aboard this ship, the Albatross, about an hour and a half. Whatever happened took place within half an hour after he wrote that. Hmm. Uh, go on, Kent. Sir? Oh, well, it goes on here. The day was quite uneventful until four o'clock this afternoon. Strong, the first mate, came to me and said that he had seen the the old man of the seaweed crawl aboard ship at the taffrail. He was genuinely frightened, I could see that, and I tried to calm his fears. The old man of the seaweed is, of course, nothing but a superstition, and I certainly do not believe that... Clark, that look on your face, what's the matter? What is it? The pen sort of scrawls along here, exhibited slippers. Is it? Great heavens. Go away, Mr. Kent, what is it? Yes, Clark, for heaven's sake, what... Listen to this. As I've been writing this, I've had the feeling that someone was watching me. This very moment I looked up, and standing before me in the doorway is the old man of the seaweed. I cannot understand this. I've never believed in this legend of the sea. I've never believed in the harm this old man can do. But at this very moment, he is moving toward me, laughing quietly, but horribly. Holy smokes. Well, well, go on. That's all. The log ends right there. Oh, but what does it mean? Yes, Captain. What happened here after he wrote that? Well, the answer seems pretty obvious. The captain was killed by the old man of the seaweed. But gosh, Mr. Kent, who is the old man of the seaweed? That, that man out there, that demented creature we just tied up. Now, wait a minute, Kent. Let's be sensible. In the log, the captain tells us the first mate saw that man out there crawling out of the sea. That's right. That, well, that just isn't possible. Of course, Clark, this is absolutely fantastic. I wonder. Suppose we just go over what's happened to us in the last two hours. Our submarine was rammed and sunk by this tanker. Yes. The tanker blew three warning blasts before it sank us. Right. Superman brought us safely aboard, and then we discovered that the ship was running without a crew. Don't forget, when we went down to the dining saloon, we found places set for 12 and no one there. 
And the soup in the plates was hot. I'm not forgetting that, Lois. And then later on, when we came back to the dining saloon after searching the ship, we found the captain sitting at the head of the table, dead. Oh, right. Golly, all this happened before I got That's here. That's right, Jimmy. And whatever's happened since, you know about. All right, Clark, we've gone over the situation thoroughly. You gave me the impression after we'd done that you'd be able to offer some explanation for all this mystery. Oh, sorry, Lois. I didn't mean to do exactly that. I, I was just trying to recall what's happened in the last two hours to find a clue if possible, but I can't. Oh, you're right. This is a fantastic business. I suggest we go into the pilot house again and try to get something out of the old man of the seaweed. Oh, but he's crazy, Kent. I don't think you'll be able to tell us anything. Well, you never know. Come on. There he is, lying on the floor. Looks like just a bundle of seaweed. Yeah, seems to have passed out again. Well, we'll soon wake him up. All right, friend, step out of it. Come on, now. We... What in the world? Clark, what's the matter? I went to pick him up with a collar and look. Good heavens, I... I can't believe it. Mr. Kent... You're just holding a big bunch of seaweed in your hand. There's no man there at all. Has there ever been a mystery as strange and baffling as this? Maybe you figured out the answer. But in any case, be sure to tune in tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow The Adventures of Superman. Did you ever stop to think why American machine gun crews make such good scores in their battles against the Jap and Nazi hordes? Their teamwork, their super marksmanship comes from practice. Practice every day until they can hit the bullseye practically every time. But that much practice eats up a lot of bullets. And that's just where you come in. You buy bullets for machine gunners every time you buy war stamps. Five bullets for every ten-cent stamp. Get behind your team by buying stamps just as often as you can. Can you think of anything more exciting to buy for your dime than five forty-five caliber bullets? Five bullets for American soldiers to use in protecting your home from Jap or Nazi hordes. Get going, fellas and girls. Get your stamps today and every day. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual.